Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a big show. Is everybody ready? Monday, Monday. Just another manic Monday. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, Gordo out for one more day. Sitting in today. They do change it. We're shaking things up, man. We're shaking things up? You're the last to know. I am? Yeah. Seems like that always happens to me. Yeah, this is my new show. Is it? You've moved to the... So it's no longer just a podcast. It's now... Or are we moving Gordon now? I don't know what they're doing with Gordon. Everybody panic! <laughs> I don't really care about Gordon. BK is here. Of course, you hear him every morning from 6 to 10 alongside David James. And uh, appreciate you filling in, PK, because we're going to talk a lot, of, uh, a lot of football. You were up at practice today. We're going to talk a lot of basketball. Steve Starks is going to be on the show at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. And uh, Greg Rubel is going to be on the show at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. One of your favorite guys I know. Love him dearly scrimmages over the weekend we'll get greg's uh, perspective on what's going on uh, with the cougars and i thought we found out some interesting stuff over the weekend and today at practice about the youth so we'll get your thoughts on that you know every time you sit down you just have to pull out that big time radio voice pk every time you uh every so time some you coach speak. up there was making fun of me apparently <laughs> some coach <laughs> i didn't even think you sounded that announcery no we have to go back and forth we take turns making fun of each other it was, uh, I, I saw everybody laughing, and I wonder what that was, because I was off doing oh. something else, and then I, of course, went back and, and listened to the sound. And, and then we hug it out afterward. You did. You had your own little private <laughs> moment with uh, with Coach Witt today. Everybody in the media was looking at uh, PK going, what's going on over there? Well, it was nothing related to work. Mm-hmm. Nope. It was PK not. PK got the inside no, scoop I did not. at, at I, practice No, today. I did not. I did not get any inside scoop that anybody else Pulled Witt aside for a few private moments. And that we did not discuss Utah football. You know, people know I, I know the guy a little bit. And I can honestly say in, in any social interaction that I may have, we don't, I don't discuss his job. That would be disrespectful. So give us the scoop. There is no scoop. That's what I'm saying. What, what did you uh, – then what did you converse as, about? As – my good friend Lyle Lovett sings, it's a private conversation. I see. Okay. Beckley, we got band today. Let's go Lyle Lovett. <laughs> Austin doesn't want to do Lyle Lovett. Why not? It's a PK's a guest. We the guest fine, host. Fine, fine, No, we don't have to do Lyle Lovett, but he sings a cool song. It's a private conversation. Uh, no, it was just just life, man. Meanwhile, I went and saw a concert last night, and I sent a picture to my good friend PK, because you go to a lot of concerts, and I, I thought I would get a, a response or some appreciation. I got nothing. Well, I got ghosted. You know, and I screw up on this all the time. I look at it, and then I say, oh, that's cool. That's that, that trombone guy. What's his name? Trombone like, Shorty. Trey Lewis or something. Is that Troy his real name? Lewis, something like that. He's great, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I go and do something else. And, and Hatch, is, if Hatch is still here, he can verify this. He'll send me a text. Unless I answer it right then, I forget to do it. That happens to me, too. Happens and, to and we're having a little thing with the neighbor across the street. He's leaving on a mission here in a couple of days and was talking to him and blah, blah, blah. So you forget to do it. 
and I don't do it right then, and then I forget. You been up to Deer Valley to see a show lately? Uh, it's probably been about two years. They're, they're, those are fun. That's a great venue. Oh, absolutely. You I mean you know a guy named Boss Gags? Uh huh. I went up there uh, several years ago, and he comes out and does his first tune, <clears throat> and then he says, "Where has this place been my whole life?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, because it is really spectacular, beautiful. The backdrop, yeah. everything, yeah. just gorgeous. Right. And, and I, this is my cheapness here, but you get you get to roll in your own coolers too. Why don't all venues do that? Yeah, most don't. Yeah. Well, I know why they don't. They do, they want have, to they sell do have some stuff. food. Yeah, they do. But you can roll in your own cooler, which is nice. They have some, like, you can buy a little package with a barbecue sandwich or something off to the side. Uh, I've done that, too, depending on where we're coming from. But it was a fun show. So uh, I'd imagine, yeah. sure, yeah. I, was this your one weekend off from concerts this summer? No. You went and saw a concert. I did. What'd you go see? America. You did where? I didn't know America was in town. They're in the country, man. I would have gone to see America. Where were they? At that uh, the Sandy Amphitheater? No. What, did you get like a private showing? Yeah, yeah, me and Jerry. and Private party? Hired America? It's a private conversation. Okay. <laughs> uh, out in Wendover. You know, that's an underrated concert venue out there. I've been out there several times. Yeah, that's a, that's a really fun concert venue. That guy got pulled over uh, coming out of there. You did? Yes. Nevada cops or Utah cops? Utah. Well, I assume Utah. Because he stops me. He says, you know why I pulled you over? I said, no. Your lights are on. You know, your lights are off. They're not on. And, I, and I'm driving a couple's in the back. And my wife, it's her car. And I said, I looked at her. She turned the lights on. I thought they're on automatic. Blame her. And she said, no, I didn't. So we're arguing in front of the policeman. And, and I, she took it to get uh, oil change. And I think they must have taken it out. So he says, uh, he says, have you been drinking? I said, Coke Zero, man. That's it. And he then said, give me your license and registration. Yeah, we had it available. And he comes back and he says, hey, I just want you to make sure that you keep giving DJ a hard time. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Uh, well, America good, though? Sure. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, 25 bucks. You guys stay there, hit the tables? I hear they're great again. Oh, nice, nice. That's not bad. That's not bad. That's decent. I'll give you that. I give you that. Yeah, that's okay. I thought it was. I mean, it's not a knee slapper, but it's ballpark. It's a safe one. And and two humor. You know, I think that uh, where anytime I can have anything that's humorous, it's got to be because it's quick. It's not a planned out routine, and that was quick. Yeah, that's and, and let me tell you, America better be good enough again for the next six years. I'm just saying. I want them people in. You one know what I mean? step further. <laughs> Always got to come one step further. That's in, what you do. In two two weeks from today, for the final time, maybe their final time ever, but certainly my final time, the Rolling Stones. Oh, yeah, you're going to go see it. Where are they, in Vegas? The F- Arizona Cardinals Stadium. Oh, really? That'll be a great place to it see it. It was a show that was scheduled in May. And Mick had some heart issues and had to reschedule. And I thought it was going to be who knows when, but right. they rescheduled pretty quick. So it is Monday of the BYU-Utah game, which Lloyd Cole has chewed me out for. Mm-hmm. But he kind of realized it's Mick's fault, not mine. I never would have bought the tickets if it was originally scheduled. 
But I'll be doing the shows from Phoenix, so we'll be covered. Okay. All right. Uh, I just remember the last time you had Rolling, uh, you went and saw the Rolling Stones. One of the two of us had better seats. That would be you. That would be me. I had real cheap seats, but one of the ushers played co-ed softball with my wife and said, come on down, I've got some seats for you, because they were doing it a hit, the American Music Awards, and it was a live hit back in the East Coast. Mm-hmm. And you remember, Mick, Mick put on the tongue jacket, and he said, we know we got a couple of seats down low, and we went, when they panned the, the shot, the camera, we don't want any seats to be empty. So I had bought them way up there, but because of my wife's connection, Moving on down. as a softball player... On a coat, which I didn't play, she just did, and they moved us down. So yeah, I actually I wasn't too far from you. No, you weren't, and you weren't too far I was from on the some, floor from baby. some dude that I don't like at all. Right down the row from good old Kyle Whittingham. Yeah, <laughs> we both had a good laugh looking up at your seats and thinking, you know, ours are just a little bit better. Yeah, they were. Mine were fine though, especially because I didn't pay for them. Well, knowing Kyle, he probably didn't either. But, uh, no, actually, it was a birthday gift that he got. Ah. His family. Thank you, Patrick. His, it was uh, his birthday is uh, in the end of November, and I think that concert was the end of November. Yeah. Anyway, good walk down memory lane there. Good so, for you. I'd love to see the Stones again. They were terrific. Yeah, and the last two times we tried to see them, uh, we couldn't go. Mick got sick, and then my wife got sick. Mm. And then this one got canceled, and we think, oh, my gosh. But they Never going to happen. Yeah. Two weeks from tonight. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. How about that? You know, it's kind of an important week, so I'm glad you're taking the equipment with you. Uh, I was ordered. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm sure you were. All right, uh, let's get down to business. It's time for the split story of the day. Austin, if you please. Jake is extremely cerebral. He's very intelligent. He's a great decision maker. He's got poise. Leadership qualities are there. He seems to be exceptional in pressure situations. You know, the bigger the stage and the more pressure, the the more he responds. Two guys. Two topics. Two, two, two. two opinions. You talk. Give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. This week is polishing up the offensive install. It's done. You know, the install is pretty much over with, at least for the opening game. And so, got to continue to eliminate minimal mistakes. Uh, you know, all the details of everything we're doing, the exact splits, footwork, all that stuff offensively. Um, continuing to find that we got four O-linemen now that we feel really good about. You know, Braden Daniels being the fourth. So, you know, Ford, uh, Paulo, Umana, and Daniels. Now he's looking for one more. And, uh, it was great to have Bam out there today. Bam looks re- really talented, uh, out of shape, but really talented. Uh, just exceptional size and strength. So that's uh, a big positive for us. I thought uh, Coach Witt hit on a bunch of interesting stuff today after practice, PK. You were there. You were asking him questions. Um, and he, In my radio voice, my announcer voice. In your announcer voice, which he teased you for. Uh, but I, I thought a bunch of interesting stuff. Uh, one, he's going to try and get the kicking race down to two. It's at three, and nobody's separating themselves, so he might just have to use his gut. No one's going to separate in practice because no matter what you do in practice, it's not a game. It's not live. They the chose the Matt Gay is a prolific kicker in the NFL. Already, he's a prolific kicker in the NFL, and they didn't choose him at the start two years ago. Right, they chose another young fellow out of Bingham who decided to move on with his life. So it only matters what you do with fifty thousand folks in the stands and all the pressure. I don't care how many you knock through 
at Rice Eccles are the McCarthy practice fields. Doesn't matter. Got to have that game pressure. I mean, you got to do that too, but that doesn't mean. So he's, no matter who he picks, it's an open competition until somebody makes seven out of eight in the season. And that's a big blow. But they were never going to replace Matt Gay anyway. No. If you're replacing Matt Gay, well then, I'm taking you out the Wendover, man. (laughs) Because... You just don't replace kids like him. No, he's banging down 55-yarders for the Bucks. All right, he's already prolific in the NFL. <laughs> he was a big deal this weekend. Yeah, I know. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, so let me ask you this question because you've been covering the Utes for years. You're up there, you're, you're talking to these guys, you've covered a bunch of camps, and every single year we hear how good the wide receivers are and how this is the year that that group is finally going to break through and we're yeah. hearing that once again in the scrimmage we heard about uh, Jalen Dixon and being a deep threat and today he's talking about how they may travel nine guys and they're all equally awesome is this the year that we should finally buy into this well I don't think that we're going to buy into a big time receiver but can they have two or three guys who are really good you know, you don't necessarily need a big time guy, but the thing about it, they're they're. It reminds me of when I was living in California, Arizona, and I used to watch BYU on ESPN because they were on a lot back then with Ty Detmer and those guys. And they wouldn't have a thousand yard rusher, but they'd have a a sufficient running game because their strength was the passing game, right? Right. So flip this, they're not going to have a prolific passing game, but make it like BYU's run game of old. Make it be good enough. When you need it, it's there, and it all sets your run game, and people can't just, in this case, yeah, it would be the run game. They can't just load up, so they have to acknowledge the threat and honor it. I think, especially this year, Zach Moss is a heck of a guy. I mean, he's a great talent. Love the kid. And hopefully he's healthy. I mean... I hear there's a cast on. I don't know. I didn't report that. I wasn't there that week. So you were the one who caused the trouble, not me. I was there, yeah. yeah that so happened. I was down covering uh, Steve Starks getting promoted, and we'll have Steve Starks on later. So I wasn't there. But he's really good. And there, it just needs to be good enough, man. Because Especially this year, because I don't think they're looking to just be wide open West Coast. It's just not who Kyle is. And now he's got a defense that is potentially the best he's ever had in the Pac-12. So you don't expect them to really open it up that much. But they need to do enough. And they got a senior quarterback and a senior running back. And, you know, maybe Dixon's that guy. Dixon came on late last year. He's a smaller dude. But, you know, I, t- I talked to him today. Did a little one-on-one with him today. And he's, he's confident. And he believes he can do it. Ludwig's talking about him being an every-down receiver. So find a way to get get production out of all these receivers. Washington State has their receivers coming back a combined 30 touchdown receptions Mm. of all the kids coming Mm -hmm. back. You're probably not going to get that. But if you got a bunch of guys doing a bunch of decent things, maybe that can be. But it's the same thing we've been saying for years. So if you have skepticism, I buy it. Yeah. Well, and it's look at the quarterbacks who've been throwing the receivers passes over this period of time we're kind of talking about, too. So it might be a chicken and the egg thing. And if Huntley is really taking a step forward and is having the, as good a camp as 
at least I, all indications are to me that he's having such a great camp, that's got to help too, right? If he can actually stand in and sling it. Yeah, but what does he do against the real good teams? Right. You know, they, they had a nice stretch in October, but they played – they didn't play the best competition in October. They lit up Stanford pretty good. Stanford wasn't and bad. And Stanford was 7-5. and five. Yeah, yeah, fair and enough. And Stanford, at the time, had lost 4 out of 5. And Bryce Love didn't play and all that fun yeah. stuff. And they want to say they scored 40 points. The, the offense didn't score. I mean, Jalen Johnson had a 100-yard interception. Yeah. And so, but it was good. The offense was good. And it's a shame because Tyler was coming into his own and then he didn't get an opportunity to finish it. Now, if he can be a little bit better than where he left off last year, then they got something. Right. And they can rely on Zach Moss, so it takes the pressure off those guys a ton like you were Big time. Uh, like I mean, he's saying. really good. Yep. That's Conference has got a lot of great running backs. As long as the O-line does its job, Wit, uh, another interesting thing he said today, he feels like they have four guys, and now they're working on, uh, now they're working on the fifth. Because that, that's one thing. If, if that position group isn't playing at a, at a very high level, yeah. that could bring stuff down to earth I think they'll bit. be okay run blocking, but I'm a little concerned pass blocking. I mean, they gave up 32 sacks last year. Yeah, that's not good. And I don't know that the offensive line is going to be better than it was last year. Probably not likely, considering they're, yeah. they're replacing a bunch of guys. So, so I have some concern there, as do they. They've, they've openly talked about it, about the offensive line. I think they'll be able to run block. But there's going to be a game where they're they're going to need to go 80 yards against the clock and against the defense, and it's going to have to be via the big play, which most likely is the air. And can that offensive line provide Huntley enough protection to where Huntley doesn't revert back to who he has been right. and start taking off? What's your thoughts on this Bam Olaseni guy uh, coming in? Coach Witt talked about him today. That you know he's six eight. He's the size of a house, but he's out of shape. I'm assuming they'll they'll rectify that rather quickly. But is he is it is he in the game too late to make an impact at the beginning of the year? Uh, beginning of the year being SC, no. Beginning of the year maybe BYU, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, but then you got Northern Illinois and Idaho State or somebody in your third game. So who cares? Because he's one of those unicorn kind of guys, right? That you look at it on paper and you're like, man, that that should be awesome, but then. Yeah, you never know with the JC guys. Right. You know, they touted up Garrett Bowles, and he was all that. And he was awesome. And so he's a first-round draft choice. So if they got a kid like, if he's anything close to Garrett Bowles, then they got something. But, I mean, I haven't seen him play Division One ball, so I can only go by what they say. And I know they're all excited about Bowles being there. And he lit it up for sure as the NFL was very but much he interested wasn't, in him. He wasn't a late, late arrival to camp, I don't think, was he? No, he was so he had a full camp to to solidify himself yeah, as a starter. How much camp do you need? You're looking for him to be ready to go by SC. Not now. I mean, that's six weeks away. Right. If you can't get yourself ready to go by six weeks, then you suck. I've got more BYU in my mind than USC, but I get your point. Do they need him against BYU? If you're supposed to be a playoff contender, and John Wilner, the Hammers, got him ranked sixth in his preseason poll. You need some JC guy against BYU? Yeah, but you don't trust the Hammers evaluating uh, abilities. Phil Steele's got him eighth. Phil, so you combine the two. Help me with my math, Austin. That's an average ranking of seventh, is where, it not? Where, uh, you got sixth and eighth? Uh, between uh, six and eight, yeah. Yeah, so that's most of the time that's seven. So wait, you're wait, wait. worried about a JC lineman against BYU? Something's a little bit off here, fellas. 
Wait. Come on! Guys, the results of this will be determined at the end of the season. Just so you know. I want to know where the hammer had Arizona State. Dead last? No, he had them seventh. There's two people who downgrade ASU at all times. One's the hammer, and one is Jake Scott. <laughs> and what's Jake's nickname? Uh, the nail. The nail. The nail. <laughs> I was going to say nothing is because good when as the ASU hammer. plays Utah, he rarely nails it. <laughs> Buzzing! That was well done. Oh, wow! I just made that up. Every year you go Utah, and they have a much better program than that program down there, but they lose most of the time. It's a head scratcher. I don't know what you're thinking. I didn't know what they were thinking uh, hiring Herm <laughs> Edwards, and he turned out to, to be doing fine. Seven and six. So let's I'm not er- always Let's right. erect a statue for Herm Edwards. They went seven and six. Hey, I want to congratulate you <laughs> for, not, freaking do? for not ticking him off this year. Well, I didn't realize he was so sensitive. He couldn't handle criticism. He was pretty sensitive. And you yeah. hit him with that question right out of the gate. Well, it's another coach. We've been doing this show. This is the third coach I've been interviewing down there for Pac-12 Media Day. And since 1987, every single coach has been fired. I love it that you just hit him with, <laughs> what makes you any different? Yeah. He didn't like that. Well, it's the truth. This year, he was our last interview. Yeah, by then, everyone's gassed. Oh, man. it was How many did we do down there this year? 35? Well, we just missed someone, by, which was my request. Yeah, we barely, that was the only guy we missed. Two years in a row. We've yet to do him. We've yet to talk and I, to him. And I don't someone. want to do him, no. I know, because that can get real awkward real fast. Yeah, and you thought that was a great hire. He of the 8-5 and five in Texas A&M. Not looking so good, no. Although 8-5 and five in Tucson's actually pretty good. Want to remind you about our friends at Diamond Airport Parking. Fantastic rates, free car washes, 24-7 shuttle service, detail, oil changes, and glass repair while you're away. Diamond Airport Parking with the best rewards program in Utah. Only airport valet service in Utah. Park, ride, and save just off I-80 and Redwood Road. Diamond Airport Parking. It's a great day. To have PK here in studio. What are you, Mr. Rogers? Because we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna talk schedules, which is PK's favorite topic of conversation. I don't. I haven't even looked at it, but I'm friggin' figuring the Jazz have the toughest schedule in the history of the NBA. It's not even close. <laughs> we're gonna talk about it next. 97.5 at 1280 the zone. This is DJ and PK. Brett Ciancia from Pick 6 Previews. You didn't just think the Utes are going to win the South. You don't just think they're going to win the Pac-12. You, at predicting the Utes, are going to be the four seed in the college football playoff. I'll explain the madness behind the logic here. Uh, I have Clemson winning the ACC. I actually have Ohio State over Michigan in the Big Ten. And I actually have Georgia over Alabama in the SEC. For that last spot, it came down to the Big 12 champ or the Pac-12 champ. I think that the Big 12 will produce a two-loss champ. I think that Utah, with its number one defensive line in the country, according to my metric, a very experienced offense coming back. It's a very proven staff, so very confident with Utah this year. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance. Reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, Patrick Kinahan filling in for Gordon today. 
Gordo will be back coming up tomorrow. Band of the Day today. The Cars, selected by PK, brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight at LiveNation.com. Now, you told me an interesting story in the break how you were uh, you were working security when the Cars opened for Sticks. Yeah, yeah, way back when. So yeah. it, you, you mentioned that you got to meet the Sticks guys because you were escorting them to their limos. I didn't talk to them. No, but you, <laughs> I was right next to them, but I didn't talk. Did to you did uh, you do the same for the cars, or did they have their own? No, uh, they weren't that big then. Oh, so they were just you know they were just getting on the scene. You know that's funny because the the opener for Trombone Shorty and Ben Harper, uh, this incredibly talented gal. What was her name? I want to say Jen Carrie Underwood, Jenny something Gerard. Uh, no, not Jenny no. Gerard, although <laughs> talented in her own right. But she said she just joined the tour and they had to drive 21 hours from Minneapolis the day before. So Saturday. And I just thought, you know, that's the life of the opener right there. 21 from Minneapolis to, to Salt Lake, to Park wow, City. Man. Yeah, just rolled into town, drove the whole way. And I thought, you know. When you're trying to make it, when you're when you're doing when you're the opener and you're joining the tour, you're probably not getting well, those yeah, first I think class that's tickets. Pretty much like anything, though. I remember trying to break into sports radio. Sure, uh, you know, uh, way back when on thirteen twenty, I would make myself available. I once canceled a vacation. Did you really? Uh, because they called and said, "Could you do it this week?" And we had a we were going to go to California. It was in the summer, and we postponed it. I once had a time I was going to I wanted to do television too, and I was going to be on with Dave Fox on a Sunday night, and I was down in Arizona. And uh, I go to the airport at uh, like 6 o'clock. I said, the flight going to be on time? They said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get up to the gate, flight's delayed, and I'm not going to be able to be on TV. And uh, so I turned around and bought a ticket on American America West so I could get here in time. But uh, I wouldn't be able to, and I had some raggedy clothes, and I wouldn't have been able to go home. So my wife met me at the airport in the parking lot, and I changed into good clothes to be able to get to Channel 2 on time. Yeah. And now look at me. I'm a friggin' star. I just signed a new deal with KUTV a couple of weeks ago. You're an employee over there. I, I got my own badge. I got my own key to get in. Don't they Don't they have you do like training and stuff over there for that they give their full-time employees? They did in the employees. beginning. <laughs> they did in the beginning. I said, I'm not harassing anybody. Believe me. We've but got- they had to go through it. I mean, it's, the law is the law. Yeah, they gave me this big manual of like, Jeez. All right, uh, Greg Rubel will be on the show at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. I was going to say, you know why I wanted the cars? Why is that? Because you mentioned we were going to talk some jazz schedule, and the cars have a tune, Let the Good Times Roll. The jazz schedule is out. And the perfect person to have on the air to talk about it, the guy that hates talking about schedules. But I'm sure we'll get through this uh, there, PK. Well, Locke does it. See, I don't ever do it because Locke is obsessed with this stuff. Locke is into so it. So if he says it's good enough, then it's good enough for me. Let me let me start a conversation by saying it seems like there's less peculiar circumstance in this schedule at first glance than there has been uh, the past couple of years. All those road games in November and December the last couple of years were certainly unique, and this schedule seems to be a little bit less that way, a little bit more balanced. Uh, they have uh, through the first 14 games, they're, or excuse me, the first 12 games, they're six at home, six on the road. Whereas uh, last year, it was certainly uh, out of whack until about uh, halfway, three quarters of the way through the year when so the, I, the home let, games let, finally caught up. Let's, I want to throw this at you. When we got to the end of the season, did they play 41 home and 41 away? They did. Yeah, they, that's what I, I thought that. They did. Yeah. That's why I said there's not those abnormalities, PK. You know, you're you're gonna uh, you're gonna have a lot fewer 
uh, opportunities for David Locke to say, well, the schedule is so hard. It seems like it's a little bit more balanced. Well, there's no excuses this year, man. I mean, they've got a great team. It's about winning a bunch of ball games. Now, I, I'm going to throw this stat out because I know this one's going to drive you nuts. Uh, they have back-to-backs 11 times during the season, PK. But six of them are after the All-Star break? Yes, they're, they're yeah, back-loaded with back-to-backs. Oh, my gosh. What are they going to do? Uh, if they've got enough talent, they're going to win games. Um, they do have, uh, as far as national uh, national games go, they're going to be on t- uh, ESPN 10 times. They're going to be six times on TNT. Uh, and I believe, uh, is it, uh, I think it was, and I just lost it. I apologize. I'll, I'll find it officially. But it was something like 10 games on, on NBA TV. So more nationally televised games, PK, as uh, there's more interest well, in the Jazz. Yeah, and there's going to be way more than that. Is it going to be in the playoffs? Yeah, I think so. And they've got an opportunity to win in the postseason. Uh, some of those nationally televised games, by the way, moved up either half an hour or an hour as the NBA is trying to get the West games on a little bit earlier I than they have in the past. I think that's a great, great decision. I agree, but I sent some sarcasm no, in your voice. No, no, there's zero. It, it's, I, okay, you know what? I, I heard you and David talking about this, and DJ was worried about people getting to the, the forum right. on time, which I, I agreed it's, with you. It's, they ridiculous. don't go to the forum anymore, but uh, it's the Staples Center downtown. <laughs> oh, I'm about 20 years. <laughs> 20 years oh, it, late on that one. Sports Arena, you know, when they first yeah. moved from Minneapolis. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, I remember you and DJ talking about this. Yeah, and he remembers. He thinks it's cr- it's always crowded. You were da- – I asked him, one, well, I drove the freeways in L- – yeah, in 1988. They're crowded at all times. I mean, you need 20,000 people in the arena. It's jammed whether you have it at 2 o'clock in the afternoon or whether you have it at 10 o'clock at night. It's jammed, uh, particularly – Around that downtown area, there's three freeways that go through downtown, and they're all jammed unless you go at 2 in the morning. What are those freeways, Pico? They are the Santa Monica, the Harbor, and the Hollywood. Which one do you prefer? Well, if I'm coming from Pedro, it would be, of course, the Harbor Freeway. Uh, Gordon says the five's better. The 5 to the 603. Over to the 403. Yeah, well, he came from a ritzy area. There's a little bit of uh He actually likes PCH, too. There's a little bit of a financial difference between him and... And his background and my background. Ah, I just, I Austin and I. Are I don't all, know if you knew that. Austin and I are always curious uh, why people who identify themselves as Southern Californians have to give you directions to everywhere they go. Because it sounds cool. It does. I'm a big shot from a bum. I'm from the big city. You people got to 15 and the 215, and that's it. Whereas me, man, I'm not from here. I mean, I'm from L.A. Hey, man, that's wake. I worked for, you know, the big pay, you know, blah, 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 blah. Make yourself sound cool. Why else would it would be? Right? I know that area. Yeah. I'm Gordon Monson. It's not just him. Uh, oh. But you know what? It, I think it'll have a big impact here because 830 games are tough. They're, they're hard. They it, suck. It, they do suck. And, um, you know, I have a unique... Um, circumstance where people don't sympathy, uh, have sympathy for me, but I do think it's got to be hard to bring a family to a jazz game when it starts at 8.30 and you're not getting home till uh, 11 or 11.30. Unless it's the weekend. It, a if, it, if it's Friday or Saturday, particularly Friday, I think it actually is better because it gives you an opportunity to go out and eat and get to the, uh, to the arena after work. But the weeknights, they, they bite, man. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard. Uh, a few other things. Uh, not playing on Christmas. We knew about that. Uh, they're actually not playing on New Year's Day or New Year's Eve either. Not Party playing time. On, on Thanksgiving. Conley's house. Uh, they will be a part of the NBA slate of games on Martin Luther King Day. 
uh, taking home on against the, Indiana. Against Indiana, yeah. So that's pretty cool. I looked it up. I came prepared. You're always prepared. Yeah, that's good. That's good to play. Martin Luther King Day, going back to my L.A. days, they always played an afternoon game at the Forum. And my wife is a school teacher, teaching at Washington Prep right there in South Central. And so I worked with work nights on Martin Luther King Day. And every year uh, we had tickets for work and we would go to see the Lakers every Martin Luther King Day because they'd always play home and be like a 1230 start. And it was a tradition. And that was a lot of fun. So if the Jazz, if they can establish that, that'd be great too. I remember one year they played uh, Washington. Gilbert Arenas hit the three and turned his back when the ball was in the air. I remember that. That was Martin Luther King. Yeah, yeah. I, I totally remember yeah. that. Middle of the day game, right? Yes. Yeah. Gilbert Arenas. No freeway between Washington Prep and the Forum, am I right? You just take the, the surface streets. Uh, it's up to you how you want to go. You can go across Florence and Normandy, which of course is where the outbreak of the riots started, if you so chose. My wife's school, Washington Prep, was where they had the artillery. Of course, they canceled school during that time. She went to Washington Prep. Funny little story. In the 80s, they used to do made-for-TV movies. And they did a story called the George McKenna story. Austin, you can look it up. The George McKenna story. That was the principal at Washington. And he came in and he revolutionized the high school. No, we got time. Don't be worrying about time. Hey, Fanabla here, as Jim Valvano once said about time. And so they did this story, I mean this movie, the George McKenna story. About how he re- and he called it the preparatory Washington preparatory, right? And so my wife, he hired my wife, and so she was teaching there, and the big movie of the week. And he was this little balding dude, and guess who played George McKenna? D.W. Denzel. 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 Denzel himself. George McKenna looked about as much as Denzel Washington as Gordon does Brad Pitt. <laughs> By the way, uh, not. <laughs> Not to distract from the story, did you did you see Austin's Who Would Play You in a movie of The Zone? Did you catch that a few weeks ago? I wouldn't be played in a movie. Austin even sent out a picture, and it was it was strange. It was a, it was a young version, yeah, yeah, of yeah. the actor, right, right, right. Yeah. young version, a young version of me. No, well, I'm already no. young. No, 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 the actor who's now deceased, but it was a it was a younger picture of Walter Matthau. Charlton he Heston. Could, Walter Matthau could be your brother, Charlton Heston. <laughs> All right, uh, coming up, we're going to talk uh, about what happened with uh, the uh, head coach at RSL over the weekend. Uh, but first, the tour of Utah is here. It is going, and Tony Parks is here to tell us about it. Spanning the state of Utah, this is your tour of Utah update on 97.5 and 1280. The Zone. And the Zone Sports Network. Snowbird has always been a part of the Tour of Utah, and this year it was featured right out the gate. The prologue took place this afternoon. James Piccoli of Elevate KASS Pro Cycling comes out on top with a time of 8.37.59. Piccoli was fifth at the National Road Race Championships and second overall at the Tour of Taiwan. Lawson Cranock took stage one at the Tour of Columbia. He finished just five and a half seconds back today. He's your Ski Utah KOM leader after today. Sergey Vetkov finished third and will wear the sprint jersey presented by the Utah Sports Commission. Joao Almeida 
comes in fourth after today's performance. Coming up tomorrow, we'll have stage one of this year's tour as we return to Cache Valley in northern Utah for the third time and the first visit to North Logan City, just under 87 miles on this course that moves its way into the western slopes of the Bear River Mountains for 4,310 feet of elevation gain. The first Utah Sports Commission Sprint Line of the Week will be contested in downtown Newton. Then the Peloton will make two circuits around Little Mountain, passing less than 10 miles south of the Idaho state line. After the final pass through Newton, the race will follow Sam Fellow Road to Airport Road and re-enter North Logan City for five fast and furious finishing laps. It all gets started tomorrow at 1230 with the 27-year-old from Montreal, James Piccoli, sporting the yellow jersey. This tour of Utah update is brought to you by Zions Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. For more information, make sure to log on to tourofutah.com. Coming up next on The Big Show, Mike Petke let go as head coach of Real Salt Lake. Jake and PK will talk about it next on The Zone Sports Network. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. University of Utah defensive back Julian Blackman. Your team comes off to me as that group that has the premier amount of confidence with the perfect amount of humility to mix in. How do you describe that and how do you feel like that balance has taken place with that program? I think it all has to do with our coaches. Uh, I think it has to do with the way that our coaches approach every day. The way that they tell us that we need to approach every day and the way that the leaders approach. Just because our coaches always tell us the leaders are the guys who are going to get everybody else to get going and the way that our leaders are now is, you know, we approach everything confident but humble, understanding that we have a goal. And at the end of the day, we, the only way to reach that goal is by being together as a team, understanding your role and playing your role. Tony Parks and Austin Horton, weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Check this out. Your home for Utah's best sports radio is right here on the Zone Sports Network. You're locked on to the big show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Show 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake, Sp- uh, Jake Scott. Gordon's back. Coming up tomorrow. PK sitting in. Be careful. I know what you're laughing at over there, and I don't want to. I don't want to hear it. I don't even want What's you. What's your name? I don't even want you to reference it. Who are you? I'm gonna take this moment to remind you to listen this Wednesday on a Win Ticket Wednesday for your chance to see 311 and the Dirty Heads. They're out on tour this summer. Come rock with them and special guest Dreamers and Bikini Trill on Tuesday, August 20th. At USANA Amphitheater. Tickets are on sale now. Purchase your tickets at LiveNation.com. Over the weekend, PK, RSL uh, decided to part ways. Uh, They terminated the contract of head coach Mike Petke. Of course, he's been suspended uh, for his behavior in regards to dealing with uh, officials on the 24th of July, where he used some 
The language that uh, was not so nice uh, used a word in Spanish that could be considered a slur. He even wrote it down on a piece of paper and had it delivered to the official's locker room, which is some very strange behavior. But uh, initially he was suspended, of course, fined $25,000. But uh, Real Salt Lake has now, after investigating the matter, made the decision to part ways with Mike Petke. PK, your your thoughts, and I, I remember when uh, the news of this initially broke, uh, you you were not too wild about the anger management thing. You say, is he your coach or aren't you? And I, I actually thought you were pretty right on the money. Yeah, it's an unfortunate situation. I think most folks like Petke dealing with him. I didn't have much dealing with him. I'm not going to pretend that I was out at soccer practice. Gordon liked him. Uh, you know, he's a straight shooter, but his temper got the best of him. And you know, I don't know in any world that we live in you could be doing that. Certainly in today's climate, you can't be doing that. I mean, Kobe Bryant uttered a gay slur, and he's Kobe Bryant. But, well, things have changed, though. I mean, how long ago was that? Well, I can tell you because I looked it up. Uh, In 2011? Right, but I'm saying, is it any any more wrong or less wrong? Uh, I don't think so, but I do think that uh, people's perception on it has changed. People are a little more sensitive to it now. Mm, yeah. So you can't say it publicly. I Here's here's the thing. I mean, uh, RSL uh, there's certain things that you can't tolerate anymore and and this is one of them and I think it was tolerated more before. Okay, then if you can't but, tolerate it, why did it take 3 weeks? I see that's the thing to me. I mean, I don't understand exactly. I don't understand why it took so long for them to come to this conclusion other than I think that they were testing the waters as far as reaction goes and then then did they really believe it was wrong? I think you you're fair in asking that question. I know Deloy Hansen wants to explain it. And he called DJ today. <laughs> I well, I think the behavior in and of itself, let's take the take the slur out of it for a second. I mean, you can't be threatening officials through notes. I mean, you can't. I mean, if you want to perceive it as a threat, I mean, that that behavior. I mean, I didn't see the note, so I don't know what was said. I don't know if it was threatening. No, I just called him a. a, a I think he just used slur. I think he just used the slur. I don't know. He said, I'm going to beat you up. I I don't know what if that was included. I don't think it was. Maybe threat wasn't the right word. But what are you doing when you're sending a note to those guys, regardless of what it says? I mean, what I agree. So that, that behavior in and of itself has got to be concerning and raise a red flag, right? But I mean we've yeah, seen coaches sure. yeah. we've seen yeah. coaches misbehave and use all sorts of colorful language at referees in the past. Yeah. So is so Well we see who's the guy, uh what was his name? Uh at uh Temple threatened John Calipari. In a as Calipari's yeah, Cheney, what was his first name? Don? John. No, no. John Cheney. John Cheney. Don was the basketball player. Dick was the VP. You're right. And I was once in Wyoming once, and he, Dick Cheney came in, and they cleared us out. Secret Service cleared really? everybody out. Of, yeah, I was in Jackson. Out of what? Were you just at a uh, restaurant or something? General store. Really? Yes. And all these people came in, like, out. And they cleared the store. And Cheney's from Wyoming, so mm-hmm. he came in. And uh, did some shopping, I guess. But I was gone. I got cleared out of the store because Dick Cheney was coming. Yeah, it was in July several years ago up in uh, Jackson, a little town called Wilson, which is right next to Jackson. But, uh, yeah, Don, John Cheney threatening physical violence on Calipari. But he didn't get fired. 
So it depends on who you are. What, what you can get away with? Yeah, what stature do you have? Well, and like anything else in this world, I suppose. Yeah. It's unfortunate. I don't have any problem with them firing him. It's unfortunate. I feel very bad. I wish it hadn't happened. I wish he would be able to control himself a little bit better, and then he'd still have this job. It sucks. It, this is, but, you know, obviously he's got himself to blame, but I feel for him. I feel, for, I feel a great deal of anguish for Mike Pecky. I very much wish this hadn't happened. Coming up next, we're going to talk a little BYU football, and we'll actually mix in some basketball with Greg as well. We'll ask him about Yoli Childs. Greg Rubel, voice of the Cougs, is going to join us right around the corner. Big show, PK in for Gordon, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. So I'm trying to get my phone to not call me Hans. All right, try it again. Don't call me Hans. Okay, what should I call you? Hans. You'd like me to call you Hans. Is that right? <laughs> No, <laughs> pants. You'd like me to call you pants. It's <laughs> the dumbest thing. Like Lance or Dance. What is my name, Google? Your name is Hans. God, stupid, dumb thing. Could you call me Hans, Ned? You'd like me to call you handsome. Is that right? Well, it's better than Hans, yeah. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to three. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.